Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. Uh, my name is James Dixon, and uh, I find myself out and about for the first time in what seems like forever. Rather than recording from the home studio or from a, uh, an isolated office somewhere, uh, I've packed up the podcast studio, and we are down at the Business Design Centre in London for the Association of Event Venues 2021 conference. I'm going to be recording uh, three or four podcasts here today with some of the delegates and the people that are involved in the sessions at the conference. We've obviously got our video recording as well, and you can see one of their fantastic spaces behind us in the background, and you'll probably see people walking backwards and forwards doing their event-related jobs, which is a great sight to see, isn't it, guys? To seeing people actually back at work in a venue running events. Um, I'm joined on this first episode at the AEV conference today by Kate Simpson and Paddy Lynn. Kate is the Marketing and Communications Director at the Business Design Centre. Kate, welcome to the podcast. And Paddy Lynn is the Head of Event Management at P&J Live. Paddy, thanks for uh, joining us this morning. Um, we're going to be sort of flying through things this morning because I know that you guys are joining us in and amongst the conference programs that's happening. But um, on, on this little chat and this first little episode that we're recording, we really want to just look at sort of that post-COVID recovery um, that we've all been going through, I suppose, for the last six or seven months, really, since those final restrictions were lifted in July and we were all sort of full steam ahead. Um, we're, we're very much in that recovery uh, process at the moment. Kate, let's come to you first of all, because you are kind enough to be hosting this uh, this event today at the BDC. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you guys have gone through since those restrictions have lifted in July and how you've found this sort of six months worth of recovery back into the industry. Yeah, I think um, we were all in a bit of a flux because I guess when um, restrictions were lifted, it wasn't like events could just suddenly go straight ahead because we, we were... We weren't given the kind of um, warning, I guess, uh, to yeah. say, right, you, you can start preparing for events, they're going to be coming back on this day. Um, we have had that in the past, and um, I think we got burned by the idea that we might be live when we weren't going to be last year. So, um, yeah, we've been running events since the end of July, a couple of really early starters um, that were ready to go. Um, we were really warmed by the confidence that we saw coming back at that stage. Mm. How frustrating was that? And I sort of aim this maybe at both of you and Paddy. This maybe something that you can help because I know that you guys were involved in stuff with your own venue um, during the pandemic for a number of reasons, which I'm, I'm sure you'll tell us about. But how frustrating was that sort of seemingly that lack of communication into the events industry from government level about when we could get back to doing things and subsequently the sort of short preparation period that we were faced with? Yeah, I think it was very difficult, um, not only for us as a venue. Um, luckily, as you said, you know, we for the mass vaccination um, centre for Aberdeen and for the surrounding areas as well. So we had our staff back at work as well, but mainly for the organisers as well who were bringing events to Aberdeen as well. They wanted to have that confidence that they were going to be able to do so um, and that the public would attend as well, of course. Um, and not being able to get that from the government was very difficult for them as well. Um, obviously very difficult for our sales team to um, manage the diaries as well and move mm. things around as well. So yeah, yeah, it was very difficult um, for, for all of us really. You, you touched on a great point there about managing diaries because you will have no doubt been dealing with um, events that have been delayed and postponed. So at that point, then you're wanting to actually sort of rebook those as well as that business that's coming every year. How difficult has the sort of the management of the diaries been, Kate, since you were allowed to come back and how much stuff are you physically able to squeeze into the venue? Yeah, I think there's um, a massive challenge around that. Um, likewise, we the vaccination centre for the best part of this year so um, we have the teams ready to go but we had events that would ordinarily be stuck to their same dates for the last however many years um, 
and, and in those dates wouldn't think about changing them and now they're running six months later at the back end of a year and i think it's the the willingness and keenness for those businesses and those industries to really meet again mm. so they were so keen just to run they'd shorten their events by two days or they would transition to have some form of hybrid so people could still dial in from abroad um, and we've seen back-to-back as it is today you know back-to-back events um, we just need to make sure that we have that space in between to have that turnaround and still yeah. run them safely so yeah it's a huge challenge. It, it is difficult, isn't it? That turnaround time is is never to be underestimated in events. And as, as as people who work in the venues themselves and see that perhaps firsthand, more so than anybody, because as an event organiser, you only see your own event. As, as event venues, you get that bigger picture of seeing one event coming in, stripping out, the next one coming in. And that turnaround is, is so important, isn't it? So to be able to give that cushion so that the next event can prepare correctly. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also as well with the added protocols, I think we've all probably put in place in mm. terms of the sanitization of the, the venue, the cleaning of the venue as well, and the kind of extra things that we've got to put in to make sure that we're as kind of safe as possible as well. So that kind of adds into the time to turn around as well. Um, but yeah, certainly, you know, everything bumping down to the end of the year is, has made it challenging. <laughs> but also as well, then it's busy, which is what we all want as well. Yeah. Um, and then looking on to next year as well, next year is is very, very good for the first three months as well. We're I bet, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. yeah, of course, yeah. You, you mentioned something else there, which is the sort of maybe um, the willingness of organisers to be a little bit more flexible. Is that something you've both found, you know, in your respective venues that organisers themselves have been willing to make certain concessions where in previous years they might not have been as uh, amenable to that because they, we all know what circumstances we're working under? Yeah, definitely. And I think we've had shows that have shown flexibility across events. So people who aren't from the same business, but they know that, will have certain things available to them and be able to be flexible that they can use the same infrastructure or have kind of um, crossover periods so it allows them both to run successfully which has been amazing mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just been down to kind of the event managers on, on their side to really work with the organisers to see where they can have those flexibilities definitely. Yeah uh, we, we termed this discussion this sort of first recording today is sort of post-Covid recovery I'm curious to know, um, Paddy Moses, something you've done at, at PNJ Live. In terms of that recovery period, based on current trends and how many events are coming through at the moment and into next year, have you been able to sort of put a timescale where you think actually you can recover as a business from that pandemic period? Is there a, a sort of a, an end game as such? We think if we can get to that date, we're then back to where we were before the pandemic. It's difficult um, in terms of the business that we, we run up in Aberdeen. Is It's very much a mixed bag of you know, concerts and entertainment, association conferences, you know, your local corporates and everything else as well. And while um, some elements, such as the kind of local corporates and conferences, that's quite set in stone for next year and potentially back to normal as well. But you know the concert schedules, especially the stuff from North America, is, is not mm. back quite, quite a bit as well. And also the association market as well, you know, with the fact that some people are now moving their dates so they moved this one in 2020, 21. So then we find actually, you know, when we were due to have a conference in 2023, that's now 24 and 25. So mm. you know, in the short term, it looks very promising and very good, but um, it probably needs a lot more further digging into to find when we're going to be exactly back to, to that back to normal. Yeah, you're right to sort of mention that touring schedule. I don't know if it's something that, that you necessarily have within your own venue, Kate, because of the type of venue that it is. But, you know, that. 
the types of events that do sort of go from venue to venue and move around on a yearly basis, their sort of 10-year plan maybe has been thrown out, hasn't it, by a year now. So you're filling gaps that it's not just about squeezing everything in that you need to get in and people are desperate to come back into the venue, but there's probably a lot of events now that are bumped back to a previous year, to, to a subsequent year. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some events that have just held their 2020-2021 version um, in the October time and then their usual dates in May next year, so they'll run next year in May, but we've got likewise similar events that have just run an event and they're going to skip next year and then run their first event after that in the following year. So yeah. It's just about how it fits their calendar and also their knock-on effect of the people attending and the other events in their industry and the people who are exhibiting and whether those companies are sending people from their countries. It's just so many variables to consider that as a venue we see these events coming in and out, but from an organiser's perspective they've just got so many, so many, yeah, like I say, variables that they have to mm. consider when they're running these events. Something that's really thrown me and and the biggest culprit of this was the European Championships, the football, where everything was branded as Euro 2020. And some events have decided that they want to run, you know, verbatim, their postponed 2020 event. So you may be dealing with emails and branding for one event that says such and such 2020. And then the next day after the turnaround, that they've gone with 2021. Um, it, it's probably been the same. I, get, I dare say you, you've seen examples of that in, in both your venues. Yeah, we um, offshore Europe, which is our group big main event every two years for the for the oil industry as well it was due um this year in september but it's moved across to february next year as well so you know we're certainly in the stages of having the branding ready to go and everything <laughs> else as well but yeah but we will change it to um to um, 2022 now instead of 21 basically are you both um we're recording this now you know christmas is 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 knocking on the door basically um we're at the end of november now um these episodes will go out in in the next in the next couple of weeks i'm sure before christmas but in terms of your respective venues in the run-up to christmas are you pretty much flat out now is there any let up at all or have you got a couple of days off and then bang straight back into it uh you were just saying for this um actually we're running events the latest we've ever seen them mm -hmm. normally we have a grace period towards the end of the year where we can catch up and start getting ready and have meetings ahead of the, yeah. the new year. Um, but this year we've got everything right up to the wire. I think we've got um, a new show that's come over for the week before Christmas. And oh. in the week, in the run up to Christmas, up to Christmas Eve, we're doing some work with um, local charity as well. So it's, it's never been it's never been like this before. And um, yeah, it's quite a strange experience, but we're excited to uh, see it through and get to the Christmas break, I think. Yeah, yeah. we're the same as well. We normally get a, a nice break over Christmas as well, but this year I think we've got a tennis event up until the 22nd and then we're back in between um, Christmas and New Year for, for a comedy show and mm. then we're back in the 4th again for another show as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's good though as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it, it's great to be able to speak to people from venues. You know, on the podcast I speak to a lot of suppliers, other organisers, but to actually sit down with a couple of venues and just in this sort of brief time that we've had before the conference starts today to have a chat about it, it it's fascinating and um it, we're going to speak to other event venues obviously today as, we, as we're recording here but if you're watching this and you're a venue and you want to get in touch with event industry news and with the podcast please do get in touch with us and, and if you've got an opinion if you want to come on and have a chat about what's been happening in your venue um i think it's an important discussion you know they're the absolute lifeblood you know the, the events that everybody is involved in and whether you're a supplier an organizer a freelancer without somewhere to actually do them, 
they can't physically happen. So um, we're very grateful for your time today and joining us on the podcast. Enjoy the conference. Um, thanks to Kate and her team for uh, for hosting it this year in, in a great facility. If you've not been to the Business Design Centre, please do, you know, come and visit. You know, if, if you're an organiser and you want to come and um, come and have a look at it, I'd urge you to come and check it out. It's my first time in here today and it's a, a real pleasant surprise when you come into a venue and you think, wow, this has got loads of scope. So I'm looking forward to spending the rest of the day here. Um, that's the end of our first episode here at the Association of Event Venues Conference 2021 with our guest Kate Simpson, Marketing and Communications Director for the Business Design Centre, and Paddy Lynn, Head of Event Management at PJ Live. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the conference. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, and today I'm excited because I'm out of the house. I'm not recording the podcast via a video link and tuning into somebody with a laptop balance on top of my piano at home. I'm in a real life event venue with real life events going off in and around us. Um, we're very kindly being hosted at the Business Design Centre today in North London by the Association of Event Venues at their 2021 annual conference. It's great to see people back in a room together and talking. Um, I'm going to come to our guests individually one by one. First of all, we're going to go to Max Ball, who's the Executive Director at the BDC and say thank you for hosting us today. Thanks for hosting the AV conference and giving us the opportunity to record some podcasts here with a, a live event environment behind yeah, us. Absolute pleasure. No, it's really good to be back. I think um, we obviously missed this out last year. It's our fifth conference for the association and each year it gets bigger and better and we're really keen to collaborate and share learning. We've had a brilliant morning so far, two sessions in sustainability, um, lots to take away from that and a brilliant keynote from Chris Patton who talked about uh, disruption the new normal which um we're all a bit more used to but um really good morning yeah we used to we used to uh, be fearful of the word disruption if there was any there's disruption to your event oh christ now it's a buzzword in the industry isn't it we're, we're all talking about this um, Mind a bit less of it yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely especially at the moment um friend of the podcast and across the table with me uh, is sean hines chief exec from manchester central who uh, regular podcast followers will have seen sean as a guest on at least two i think maybe three occasions on the podcast where we've spoken down video yeah. link sean it's good yeah. to actually see you in person in across real the life, table. outside broadcast no outside less. broadcast no <laughs> less yeah um for you you know manchester central you, you all represent some of the most significant venues and players in the venue industry but what's it like to be able to actually come to a conference and be able to talk to people who work right across the spectrum of venues in the industry with you yeah. share some of the issues and um i suppose tough times that you've all had over the last well, year or so but i think that's it you know i think we've all we've all been working out how we are able to get our businesses back together, how we can facilitate other people getting together. And, and if you like advocating the, you know, the benefits of people getting together in real life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're not immune uh, from that as, as, as businesses and people within the business and our team members. And it's funny, you know, just, just a week or so ago, we, we actually did our first in-person team conference back at Manchester Central. So that's the first time we'd got everybody together really since the pandemic. And we, and we did actually do a virtual um, a session for everyone mm -hmm. just to keep connected. Yeah. But you know, the, the feedback from everybody at that was just uh, awesome to be back talking to people, reacquainting themselves, just having fun together as a team. And I think, I think today it's, it's similar, you know, we, we, we've all seen each other across the screens and we've mm -hmm. all spoken to each other and, you know, various of us are involved in different working groups um and different sort of committees and so on so we've had we've had connections mm. but it's it's great 
to be back, you know, just, you know, chewing the fat, you know, as they say, um, really just those. And this is the essence of real life meetings. It's the stuff you don't think you're going to be talking about that just pops up and you end up striking up great conversations. Yeah. Oh, have you yeah. met so-and-so? And you want to go and see this, this chap over here. And all of a sudden you've got this kind of little mini network going on around you. And, and that is what live events are all about. So It, it is actually that, that, that conversation, as you rightly point out, that no matter how well crafted your virtual event or your Zoom meeting or your Teams meeting is you you tend to follow quite a, a stringent sort of agenda when you're doing that um, to keep everybody on track, whereas the in-person yeah. stuff is where the real sort of magic happens. Um, I'm going to come to Simon Mills, who's a chief commercial officer at Excel, um, and something that Sean just said there about getting their own team at Manchester Central back for the first time. This is probably something that uh, uh, surely a, a venue the size of yours, you must have had very rare opportunity to actually get your own teams under the one roof um, yeah. in, in, in the last year or so. Yeah, very much so. Um, well, afternoon, everyone, and thank you to Max for uh, everyone at BBC for hosting us. Today. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because for many months, we spent a lot of time as venues talking to each other about how we're going to reopen and how we put pressure on government to reopen. Mm. Um, conversely, actually, in the last four or five months, I think we've all gone back into our own bunkers, certainly we have, because we've been focusing on opening, being yeah. open to customers, yeah. um, supply chain problems, recruitment problems, getting everyone back <laughs> in the venue, getting yeah. open, welcoming our customers. Um, so actually, it's been really nice today to sort of come back out of that again and see our colleagues and see them live, obviously. Yeah. As Sean was saying, obviously, we're big advocates for face-to-face, um, -face, otherwise we wouldn't be in this industry. But everything he says is true. You know, yeah. and it is true. You don't have these sorts of conversations on, on Zoom that you have today. So look, brilliant to see everyone. Brilliant to see that we're open, we're running events again. I know we've run yeah. <clears throat> over 60 events. I know you guys are running events too. Um, that's the main thing. We're open again and, and we're, back, we're back in business and great to um, to share that success with everybody. Yeah. I think I mean, even yeah. people are cheering yeah, next door. Yeah. And it, it, can't, it, yeah. it can't yeah. just be because we're not yeah. in the room. They're excited <laughs> they are. They've just been told, they've just been told James yeah. is doing his yeah. last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people are absolutely cheering. Hello to the people walking past as well. As I said, this is a live venue at the moment. Good, We've got people yeah. walking past and uh, I, I think deliberately wanting to just crash into the camera, yeah. quite, yeah. quite frankly. Um, we've grabbed you during the lunch break here guys i'm very conscious of uh, of time and that we just wanted to really speak to three you know significant players and, and find out what you guys have been up to um i'm going to ask you each and put you on the spot here would you come on the podcast again at some point in the future let's get you on for a full episode i'd love to talk to you um max about some of the stuff that the bdc are doing it's my first time in the venue i've heard a lot about it and i've been really impressed today about what i've seen uh, and its capacity as a venue and similarly sean and uh, simon if you want to come on individually we'd love to find out a bit more about you guys are, are, are up to. Um, if you're happy to support them, just let me know when. Fantastic. Uh, but but for now, we've been joined by Sean Hyatt of Manchester Central. Thank you very much. You. Simon Mills from Excel and Max Ball from our host here at the Business Design Centre as we record our podcast at the Association of Event Venues 2021 Conference. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Cheers. 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 Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. And I say podcast in a fairly broad way uh, because this is only going to be a couple of minutes. But Today, we are very kindly being given the opportunity to record a number of podcasts from the Business Design Centre in North London at the Association of Event Venues 2021 conference. Um, thank you for the invite, first of all, to the guys at AV. I'm joined by Alden, uh, Alden Arnold, yeah. project manager, um, who we've been communicating with in the run-up to this yep. to just set up these recordings. And uh, it's a great space, first of all. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. Um, it's great to see events back because 
we've been presented not only with the opportunity to record here today, but as people who are watching this on eventindustrynews.com will see, we've got this fantastic view behind us of a live event setting, yeah, of an perfect. event that's that's being struck at the moment and the room's being turned around in this great facility. Um, what's it been like for you guys, first of all, to actually get your teeth back into organizing the live conference? You know, it's, it's been great. I mean, after that hiatus of 2020, mm. um, the fact that obviously we had a shorter lead time between inception to, to delivery. Yeah. But it's been great because the industry's just pulled together because there is that thirst, that hunger to get back and deliver what we do best. And, you know, as you say, you know, we're surrounded by an event that's happened prior. We're using the set from a uh, conference that happened yesterday, so the sustainability edge of it and Great. the speed of delivery. The collaboration with the venue has been absolutely fantastic. And of course, the speakers have just all jumped out and said, yes, we want to be involved. It, it, it's great to hear this. And it's great to hear words like collaboration and um, compromise as well. We've heard, yeah. I've heard that a lot in the last few months, you know, where everybody understands the challenges that are being faced of bringing these events back venues more than anyone in the industry know the challenges of having to meet the diary requirements mm -hmm. that all these organizers are putting on them so Absolutely. to hear things like being able to reuse a set that was used for a different conference and just rebrand it ever yeah. so slightly rather I mean, than striking the whole thing absolutely i mean when the pandemic hit obviously all the work we have uh, 14 working groups that mm -hmm. we run um, at av and some across with the uh, other associations part of EIS, ESSA and AEO. And one of the health the health and safety work group were talking about asset sharing yeah, at yeah. the beginning of the yeah. pandemic. So what things can we leave behind for others to pick up? Yeah. Saving you know, that backwards and forwards of delivering the same stuff and taking away the same stuff. Yeah. So yes, it's um been one of the key conversations um within the groups. Yeah. And and yeah, just great to be back on site, I guess. You know, what was it like when you walked presumably you get you arrived yesterday to do some initial setup and things. A nice feeling to just do, oh, you know, yeah. be coming back in. Absolutely. And we were teased a little bit when BDC put on um, the All Secure Expo, which was the example event to DCMS and mm. you know um, yeah. public health. So even then, you know, it was that that buzz, that noise, you know, even though we were behind masks at that point anyway, because mm -hmm. that was the stipulation. Um, but to come back to an event where we're maskless, we're hugging again, you know, we are checking with people as well, whether or not we can handshake. Absolutely. So, so Let's just clarify that there yeah, are protocols that, that you as a, a um, an event and the venue themselves were quite stringent on when yeah. I arrived here this morning, which was great to see. And yeah. it's a, it's um, it's lovely to sort of feel that cushion, if you yeah, can call absolutely. it. Absolutely, it doesn't detract away from the fact that no. we're together in one room. So, absolutely, and you know, the attendance here today just is, puts party to that. You know, they have battled through the disruption of a, a tube strike to get here. You know, it didn't put people off. It's a great um, turnout, and and just looking at the body language of some of the people as well. You know, how many conferences have we been to over the years? You know, and it's people going through the motions Absolutely. they've been told to come along to it for the day and yeah. their coffee they sit and scribble their nose and all their checks and their emails yeah. the body language to me is noticeably different no you know not that they've never not been attentive in the past but yeah. there is something that but, feels a bit different absolutely and I've, I've been sitting i've been standing throughout the whole thing from mm. the sidelines um and people do seem more attentive there's less of the heads down with the glow from their devices they're engaging they're listening and i think that's partly down to sam allen you know chairing him and yeah. engaging the audience and 
sort of changing the format of just the whole panel up there now and we're just listening she's inviting the panel onto the stage <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. and the q a throughout so it's not like it's changed the rules a little bit perhaps of what we've done in the past mm. well listen i'm, I'm not going to take up m too much more of your time okay. um but it was really important today that we just got a chance to sort of hit record and say thank you for that I and, and, gra that. and grab you. a little grab a little bit of something um as i said we are at the business design center in north london um afforded the great opportunity to set up the ein podcast studio and record some sessions here at the Association of Event Venues 2021 conference. Thanks again to Alden and hey, all the pleasure. team at the AEV for having us Thank and uh, good luck with the rest of the event. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Hello to everybody. For those of you who are on eventindustrynews.com at the moment and watching the video version of this, you'll see in the background we've got uh, the big hall at the Business Design Centre where they're uh, stripping out um, and, and de-rigging a show that's just finished and turning the, uh, the venue around. So you may see a bit of movement and hear some clanging and banging in the background, but that's because we're in a, a live event setting and it's great to be back. Um, joining me um, for this next little chat... Uh, of the series of podcasts that we're doing here at the AEV conference um, is Lauren Hudson and Sean Richards. Lauren, first of all, to my right, is the Health and Safety and Sustainability Advisor at Manchester Central. Lauren, thanks for joining the podcast. Hi. And Sean Richards is the Head of Sustainability at Olympia London. Sean, thanks for joining us. Hello, James. Nice to meet you both. We're grabbing you very quickly for a, for a bit of a chat because I know you've just broken for lunch from the morning sessions of conference here. But just to talk a little bit about the subject of sustainability. Uh, and as two of if you don't mind me saying without blowing smoke that the most significant venues from an event point of view in the in the country manchester central and, and olympia london um this is clearly something that was probably on your radars pre-pandemic i'm curious to ask from a sustainability point of view has the pandemic changed anything in terms of your targets in terms of your communications with your clients how has it changed or is it still very much the same message that you were trying to go for pre-pandemic I think the way that we have been doing things has had to change. Um, we have in place our sustainability programme at Olympia London, which is the grand plan, mm -hmm. um, which involves representatives from uh, throughout the business um, coming together to decide on our objectives and, and how we're going to um, achieve them. Obviously, with the business closed for 18 months, mm -hmm. um, that became quite a challenge. Um, and we we kept things ticking over luckily um difficult with furlough obviously course, going on yeah. for a lot of people um it was much more difficult to get everyone together um but we managed it um over zoom a couple of times <laughs> um just to keep the conversation going mm. um and now that we're we're back in business and it's fantastic to have live events happening in the venue again um we're very much picking up from where we left off, um, reviewing those objectives that effectively were put on hold, let's be honest, yeah. um, to see if they're still relevant um, and how we can actually go about taking things forward. Um, and one of one of the, our biggest new projects is to um, set out our net zero roadmap, having just, um, along with Manchester Central and, of course, other venues, just signed the pledge that was launched at COP26. Right. And and, and Lauren, a, a venue like um, Manchester Central, presumably like most venues, you've had this situation over the last few months where you're cramming in event after event after event yeah. after event, postponed events, ones that should have happened this year 
and a diary that's probably looks nothing like you've ever experienced before. How difficult has it been to sort of keep one eye on any sustainability targets when you are literally turning over so many events at the moment? Well, I think what's nice, obviously, we had COP26, and I think that kept the conversation flowing. We have had back-to-back -back events, but we've also had various conversations with organisers about sustainability, what we're doing as a venue, what our future plans are with Net Zero. And I think it's really positive to see that sustainability is still at the forefront of people's minds. I think, you know, we came out of the pandemic thinking, oh, no one's going to mention sustainability. Mm. But it's really nice that people still do and that we're still able to, you know, look at the objectives that we had set and continue with those objectives. And, and I guess what, in some respects, what COVID has done and the pandemic has done is everybody is thinking a little bit differently, aren't yeah. they? When they come into organising their events, we've we've still got, even with the lifting of restrictions, today when we've come into the Business Design Centre, the, the, there's been a process to go through from a, a COVID safety point of view. And I, I suppose in some respects, because people have got this... Um, I suppose, more conscientious way of thinking about their events at the moment. Has that helped may, maybe keep the subject of sustainability within an organiser's mind? Definitely. Um, I'm finding, I um, don't know about Lauren, but definitely finding that m many more organisers are actually engaging with us now on sustainability, right. um, asking questions, which is great. We like to be challenged. Um, and uh, as you know, it's just been mentioned in the session that we've just come out of, collaboration is really key here we can't do it on our own um, and it's great that um, more and more clients are asking the right questions um, and willing to work with us um, on sustainability and, and you're in a, as i pointed out this morning um, in another episode is that as a as venues you're in a really fortunate position to be able to see the bigger picture of lots of different events event organizers are very focused and tunnel visioned on their own events and once it's wrapped and it's done and they're out of the venue you know that that's very compartmentalized as, as a venue there's the time to sort of look at our objectives that we had set and think can we do more here you know, we had not an empty venue, we were in Nightingale Hospital, but it allowed us to sort of look at our energy usage and our waste figures and things like that and sort of set new objectives and push ourselves a bit more, which I think was, was really positive for um, the venue. And energy is an interesting one, isn't it? Because in terms of the infrastructure that events bring in now for their events, it's become so much more sophisticated over the last five, you know, 10 years, just with the, the, the stuff that is available now to organisers, even things like screens, you know, screens are so readily accessible now. Oh, well, let's put TVs everywhere. And of course, suddenly the energy usage must be going through the roof by comparison to 10, 15 years ago, you know, when you look at a traditional show floor, for example, and you've just got shell scheme and, and graphics. Um, is that something that is, is, uh, a regular sort of point of discussion in both of your venues just the amount of stuff that comes in from an infrastructure point yeah of view for i think events. not just venues i think across our, our cross association sustainability group which is venues suppliers um contractors and organizers i think all of us have sort of gone oh what can we do you know the price of timbers increased we don't want to be using plastic so you are seeing more modular bills that can be used again and reused um which is good from an energy perspective because um you know the yeah i've seen it recently at a show you know stand builders you know they use a lot of timber 
Yeah. You know, they're putting up frameworks, putting graphics on it. And I've been there at events before, you know, pre-pandemic, where the timber effectively just gets ripped apart and then dumped in a big pile for the venue to get rid of. Which I think we are seeing less and less now, certainly at Manchester Central. I don't know if it's the same at Olympia. Um, yes, I think people are very conscious of it, I'm partly because we've had to use the stick, actually, mm. um, and charge for excess waste sure. because yeah. we, we can't bear the the burden, the financial burden of, of dealing with all of this ourselves. Um, just going back to what you said about energy as well, um, I think with when we when we do start measuring our emissions, which we will have to do very soon um, as, as part of our net zero ambition, um, I think energy is the biggest challenge for a venue. Um, obviously, going um, procuring renewable energy is, is, is a no-brainer, um, but we're not just subject to what organisers bring into the venue. We're actually subject to weather all sorts of other of course, factors yes, yes. you know in, in i think it's 2018 we had beast from the east and then we had a massively hot summer um course, energy so, energy so usage goes the through the roof. And the air conditioning is, is yeah. getting absolutely thrashed to death i think exactly. as venues what's good is that obviously we can install led lighting we can look at renewable energy we can look at ways mm. in which we can help those organizers to have a more um, positive impact on the environment which i think is really positive it is. Mm. It is. I'm, I'm really conscious of time because you guys are on your lunch break now and we just wanted to grab you both for, 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 for you know, five, ten minutes and have a bit of a chat about it. But whilst we've got you here, if, if, if people want to find out a little bit more about what you're doing in your own venues, people listening to this podcast today want to get in touch with, with uh, Olympia London and Manchester Central uh, website wise, presumably it's all on websites and yeah. stuff that you're doing sustainability wise, they can find that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So obviously, Sean's got the grand plan and we, we've got our central future, which is our sustainability strategy. And they're all on our, both our websites. Fantastic. Yeah. So so go and search for them. Go and search for Manchester Central, London Olympia. Have a look at what these venues are doing, because as I've said before, whilst we've been recording here today, without venues, we have no industry. They're the absolute ground zero. You know, having organisers and suppliers is fantastic, but we all need somewhere to go and do and run our events. And it's great to hear that there's, just listening in some of the conversations this morning in the sessions, there is joined up thinking. It's great to see events like this one coming back so that venues can get together. And I've got that chance to, to talk to us. So Lauren Hudson from Manchester Central and Sean Richards from Olympia London, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you.